I am joined by Seth Harrison and Mark Watley. They are from Actionable Insights, which is a nonprofit that has a lot to do with estimating an Xactimate price list. They give you pricing updates every single month. These two know about estimating. They know about Xactimate. They know about scope of work. They know it. So we are here to can talk. I, can I hire you to be my hype man at every time yeah, I speak? Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. I I'm in, pumped up. <laughs> I do like doing PR, so here, here we are. Um, all right, we are here to talk about CoreLogic buying Nextgear Solutions, which is a major industry announcement today. And there's a lot of questions revolving around the industry right now as this kind of plays out. So first, I'm curious what your initial reactions were when you found this out. Well, I was like, oh, this is how the Stone Point capital acquisition of CoreLogic is going to express itself. Right now, we're talking about CoreLogic scooping up Garrett and Nextgear. But really, you just got to follow the money back to the June 4th announcement of CoreLogic getting acquired by these PE firms. Those PE firms, I've been on the PE side, Michelle, like they're not going to make that kind of acquisition without having a strategic plan to penetrate a new vertical, typically. And We've all kind of been bewildered as we've watched Symbility kind of sit on the shelf at CoreLogic for the last decade. And nothing against Symbility, but the software hasn't gotten markably better. There hasn't been a consistent or credible investment in making the user experience better, right? I haven't heard that from our membership. I'm not sure. If, you, if you've heard anything different, please speak up. But it's, I, I think it's just kind of sat on the shelf, right? Uh, but when... I saw that Stone Point Capital and Insight Partners like led that investment. I'm like, okay, this is probably going to express itself in some meaningful way. So uh, I can't tell you that I knew that CoreLogic was going to go and scoop up next gear, but it seemed natural that they would start making acquisitions. And it might even be more of an hire play uh, in a way because CoreLogic really doesn't have like folks in our industry that understand our industry deeply or deeply connected. And Garrett has amassed that team. So if you're at CoreLogic, it's like, oh, kind of an accu hire play. Oh, Garrett can build pretty good software. Like maybe we're not, oh, that's probably a weak point. Like I think CoreLogic's done a great job as, as it relates to analytics and real estate. But they've obviously are owned. I mean, obviously, like are not even close to where Vera Risk at from the insurance side. If they're looking to close that gap, I have a feeling like that's part of the strategic plan. Um, that's what really led this. It, it's really that that acquisition of CoreLogic itself going back to June. Does that resonate with you guys? Yeah. It was interesting this morning, Seth, I'll let you answer in one second, but this morning as I was watching for the official press release to hit the wire, if you type in CoreLogic on like PR Newswire, PR Web, they have a lot of different announcements that have come out in the last few months. Like they have been real busy. So yeah, the, here we go. All right, Seth. So what was your initial reaction when you found this out? Yeah, um, not terribly surprising. Uh, just because like this is a natural acquisition for them. This makes a lot of sense. We saw um, Xactware Varus pick up Restoration Manager and alike not too long ago. Um, so this just seems like CoreLogic making the moves that it needs to make to continue to compete in this market. Competition is generally good. Innovation is super important. We've seen a lot of change in the industry in the last five years. COVID's had a big impact as the world went remote. We've seen 
growth in companies like Matterport and DocuSketch and others, like innovation is good. So I am just curious to see what somebody can do with this kind of move. You say like innovation is good. Like who could argue with that? Yeah, but we haven't seen much innovation. Is competition good in our space? You know, I think about 10 years ago, one of our board members at Actionable Insights, who's still on the carrier side and they were at Farmers 10 years ago. And we were, you know, he was the adjuster, Michelle, I'm the contractor, but we had a friendship and kinship. And he was actually mentoring me and taught me a lot about what I know today about exact. And for that, I'm grateful. But farmers moved to Symbility at that time. And I was a program contractor for farmers. Farmers helped my career, really did. And I've always been grateful to farmers for that that step. But I will tell you, even though the friendship was there and the workmanship was there, it was very difficult for us to settle claims because myself and my team of only five estimators, all with ESQs behind their name, they're all attorneys, oddly enough, uh, but they they had trouble like settling claims with farmers and we weren't willing to commit to mastery around this new software platform, which at that time was described to me by Chad Edwards, one of our estimators is like, Symbility is like everything I don't like about Xactimate plus new things I don't like. Uh, and that seems to resonate. I mean, Harrison, you and I see that out on Xactimate Ninjas and so on. Like that's, that's maybe if you were to capture it in a sentence uh, where the marketplace comes down on Symbility. It just made it tough to settle claims, Michelle. And I think a lot of what Actionable does is we think about the policy holder, not to a fault, but we think about how can we settle claims swiftly? That's sometimes when we advocate on behalf of our membership. It's not just contractors. We advocate towards this line item should exist. It's maybe not even in the restorer's best interest. This is just in the best interest of smooth, unencumbered claim settlement. Um, And we might advocate for that adoption. That makes actionable a little weird, a little heady, a little hard for restorers sometimes to appreciate our function. But whether we do this with an eye towards policyholders, when I think about this new software entering this market and maybe CoreLogic making a credible push around stability, Harrison, I wonder about how that expresses itself in day-to-day claim settlement and how does that express itself for the benefit or the detriment for policyholders? Your thoughts? Yeah, uh, that makes sense. I mean, in general, we want people to be able to settle claims get paid, get to work, et cetera. It doesn't matter if you're an adjuster or contractor, you can work with actionable insights to, you know, fill out your resources and tools around estimating and invoicing. Um, So anytime there's a transition, there's pain. Anytime there's something new, there's pain. Uh, A lot of the, we've seen a lot of acquisitions of contractors in the last year and a half. Uh, We, I have flown out to a few of those to train Matterport, to train Xactimate. And I have heard a lot of pain in the oh, we just got acquired and now we got to switch to this new software and we got acquired because the software we were using worked and everything was good and now there's transition and pain. So yeah, you're, I think you're spot on that uh, we're not quite sure what uh, any kind of fresh competition or what the revived perspective of these new softwares playing together could look like. Because we're not in a free market. You know, not everybody agrees with me when I say that, Michelle. Um, there's a lot of restorers that take, take issue with that position, but I, I don't believe we're in a truly free market. And I don't believe any insurance-based ecosystem, be it healthcare or auto uh, collision repair is really a free market and property insurance falls into that same bucket in my view. So having, you know, all the players organized around one software has brought a certain smoothness and elegance to 
claim settlement. And I think it's responsible for all of us to acknowledge uh, that. I think this puts a lot of us on like unsettling footing. Like 30% of our membership, Michelle, I think is on Dash or Mika or some version, some collection of Nash Gear products. The reason Next Gear's products work as well as they do in a program environment primarily is because they have some degree of an integration with Xactimate. They're dependent on that. That was actually pulled back, you know, three years from now for a short period of time. There was pitchforks and torches in the street and, and Mike Fulton, the CEO, Xactware led to charge to do the right thing for his user base and then create space for that integration again to come back. Now, what do you do if you're yeah. a C-level exec? Like what is even the right That's thing to do? A really I, can't good point. Fault, I can't fault Fulton for pulling that integration back now. Like the only credible folks with the pocketbook and the data behind it and the connections that really take on exact where it's core logic, Michelle, that's it. Like, and this is a shot across the bow. If you're going to shoot the King, you better kill him. It's going to be interesting. I, I don't know if I, I would have pulled, I mean, whatever you value next gear at, right? It's pretty dependent on that integration. What value is it providing? What revenue is it generating if it doesn't integrate? Like if I'm Rachel Stewart at Accelerate, it's a pretty good morning. It's kind of interesting. There might be a lot of folks that shift away from Dash if that integration gets pulled. And I don't see how Exact can even, even continue to let it happen with being a public company and having an obligation to their shareholders to perform. Well, I mean, what do you see as the possibility that people are going to shift, like next year users are gonna shift over to stability? Is that just- uh, Well, it's a huge lift. This is why <laughs> I'd never take on Xactware. Um, think about it like this. You know, there are contractors that do program work for Liberty Mutual and for Safeco. And this is public knowledge. You know, a year ago, Liberty Mutual decided, hey, we're going to go play ball with some ability, right? I've seen this movie before. Michelle Farmers is back on exact, okay? For, for you guys who are unclear about how that story ended 10 years ago, they're back on Xactimate. Why? Forget Liberty Mutual and Safeco getting their program contractors on board with a new platform. Just internally, they're 9,000 adjusters, like getting them to learn a new software platform. That is a huge lift. You know, I have spent a decade developing mastery around a pretty arduous piece of software called Xactimate. I really, at this point, don't want to learn and become a master of stability. And I consider myself a pretty curious person. That sentiment must be shared by those within uh, the carrier side. So not only do you have an like, external problem of trying to get your contractors to play ball, you first have the lift internally to get them to play ball. And I know from doing work, I have a pack out company in Mich uh, Michelle in California. We, we cover up and down the state of Cal California. And we do a lot of work for Safeco and Liberty. And without getting into the details, uh, it's been a struggle for them internally, even before we get to the external component. So you're asking how many are going to move to stability? Well, 
that's not going to happen until the carriers force that move. And every time I've seen carriers do this in, in my career, it's not gone great. So how do you make that, that jump? Boy, it's a big, it's a big lift. It's a big risk, but the, the rewards are pretty fantastic for CoreLogic if they can pull it off. It's, uh, it's not a bet I'd want to make. <laughs> Seth, anything you want to add to that one? Uh, no, I think he said it pretty succinctly. Like the idea here is, you know, actionable is a training and education institution. I have spent my career here flying around the country, talking to contractors. Uh, I am not the oldest man in the room often when I am teaching. Uh, but it is a, like when we teach exact, it's software that's been around forever. People have learned it. They do know it, but there are still incredible opportunities of education to learn and get better and whatnot. Like every time I can train someone that's twice my age, something that blows their mind, it gets me really excited. That said, Training and education is not easy. Mm -hmm. To be able to pause, to be able to stop, to be able to learn something new is difficult. Um, you know, that's, that's a difficult transition uh, for an industry that wants to get to work, right? There's a, when you're an estimator for a contractor, you've got 10, 20, 30 jobs, somebody screaming at the, the computer, I've got 100, right? Like there's too many jobs to do. So it's hard to pause and transition and make these things smooth. That said, that's part of why CoreLogic went out to go buy uh, next year's and to have the additional solutions to try to ease that transition. Uh, I just don't know what it looks like. Um, I, there's Education is a weird game in this industry. Everybody kind of learns in their own way, in their own pace. Uh, so I am curious to see you know, what contractors think about the software that they haven't picked up in the last 10 years. Okay, so one of the big things that restorers have been talking about so far today is data. And that's something actually that the RAs, AGA has been talking about as well. There are some concerns with some contractors that, oh my gosh, Verisk has a ton of our data. And now CoreLogic is going to have a ton of data from the next year customers having their entire customer base in there now. So what would be your response to contractors who are concerned about the data aspect of things? You mean to run with that one? <laughs> yeah, we get asked about data a lot, right? As the Matterport guys, we get asked a lot about data. Yep. Michelle... We, as a condition of our private training engagements, we request that basic financials are submitted prior to our flying out and training. And what that's taught me over the last five years of flying out throughout North America to train mostly the preeminent restoration contractors that serve this ecosystem is they're not really making as much money as either they think they are or they want to be there's probably some value in that data, parenthetically speaking, being shared with those that are driving the only price list that matter between ExactMate and Civility. Um, this is why I've always felt about the restoration manager play. There was concerns about, oh, well, Vera's going to get our data. Well, what's it going to show that, you know, <laughs> I own a company that's quite successful and like, we're not really going to do a distribution beyond paying for my taxes at the end of the year. Like, and we're darn good at it and people know it, like, what's it going to show? I mean, there's a lot of people that are worse than us, uh, at, at doing contents work, et cetera. I, I wouldn't have any reservation about that from where I sit. And I think that trying to assign all this value to our data as restores and as if holding it back is going to make a restore more powerful, more wealthy, more successful, I think is a misnomer. I think when contractors 
are open with the pricing department at exact where I've seen them listen. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think there's 99 problems here for restorers. The data is not one. I can get into more problems, but that, that is not, not one to follow that thought through Michelle. I'll be using that as a quote later. Thank you very much. <laughs> it, you know, restorers are paying, this is pretty public guys. I think it's between 60 and 90 million dollars a year for exactimate licensing fees. Okay. I don't love the idea of our restorers who are getting by paying another 60 to $90 million to somebody else and being in two ecosystems all at once. Like that's arduous and, you know, training around exactimate is already expensive and complicated, right? It's totally necessary. I may be biased, but it may, it's totally necessary and valuable. Now we've got to do that twice. I mean, your investment in software and training doubles as a restore. Where does that get picked up on either price list? Seth, anything you want to add? Uh, data, data. You know, as Wally was touching on, we have, uh, there was concern when exact gets this data. But one thing that we've seen is that you know, especially on the repair side, most contractors in this industry are making money on mitigation, but on the repair side, margins are tight, margins are slim. One mistake can be all the profitability on that job. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing for companies like CoreLogic and Verisk to have access to that information. Contractors are an important client of theirs. If their clients aren't able to generate profit and keep their businesses open and grow with their software that they're using, then they're going to look somewhere else. I mean, that's going to be a problem. So when companies like CoreLogic and Veris can have access to that kind of data to see uh, bottom lines and productivity. And I think it only helps them understand, hey, where are we right now? How are we serving both sides of the claims? Are we working with adjusters well? Are we working with contractors well? The pendulum swings back and forth between this industry. It's moved towards carriers at times. It's moved towards contractors at times. Um, so I just, I don't see the concern Additionally, you know, we get asked a lot about Matterport data. Like, where's the data being hosted? Matterport hosts the data in their servers. People always want their own data, and there's these big concerns. But these companies have to go through giant security protocols in order to be able to host this data. So I just don't see the concern um, about hosting this data, having this data. I think it can only do good things at large uh, uh, for the contractors that may have concerns about it in the first place. Okay, so you guys analyze a lot of Xactimate estimates, right? So do you have the ability to kind of do the same thing with Simbility and compare and contrast what those look like? That's a yeah, good so idea, Michelle. As an, as, yeah, as a natural outcome of this kind of acquisition, this is where Actionable can actually put some research, right? We like to speak data. We've worked well with the software companies in this industry, the technology companies in this industry, because we understand they really work off of data. So if there's something that we can do here as a result, it's okay. We got to, we, we take geospatial scans, Matterport, DocuSketch, like that's our expertise. And we got to take a look at a loss and write that loss in both softwares now, Xactimate and Simbility. Why so don't we, we do can, that as an exercise? Like, I think that's what the membership would like yeah. to see, right? Like what the same loss, pre-mitigation, post-mitigation scan. And this is what it came out to with Exact. This is what it came out with stability, like Michelle, that would drive the conversation. Like mm-hmm. if restorers find out they can make 30% more with stability, all of a sudden they're going to be really interested to, to give this a, another look. Um, and it's, 
there's a lot of nuance there, but I think if you approached it really academically in a way that Harrison and his team are equipped to do with no particular bias, like, I think that would be an interesting take. My reservation in that, Michelle, is that when you see these flippant comments about like, oh, stability pays 30% less than exact and, and so on, we see it online, you see it online. Like, I often go like, is that really true? And so much as I can give the same loss with the same data to this estimator just on exactimate, yeah. and I can give the same loss just on exactimate to another estimator or adjuster, and they're consistently 30% off. So yeah. you'd have to take somebody who was an absolute master of stability. Harrison and I have that Rolodex uh, to augment whatever his team and I don't know about it. And then we have the depth of understanding with exactimate maybe we even run one through impartial so it's unbiased on an unbiased third party harrison and see yep. if we can reconcile the two um for our membership i think that would be an interesting exercise it's a lot of work hopefully somebody appreciates that michelle but i think it probably should um be done one of the tricky things michelle will be comparing the price list how Symbility has approached their price list and how exact has approached their price list are fundamentally different in so much as exact sitting on 27,000 line items and core logics in the 30 or 40,000 range. And the reason why is because they bring the components really forward. And so I'll exaggerate it out for effect, but Xactimate is going to have drywall line items that aren't going to include the mud and the screws and the five eighths inch gypsum board and the tape. And so on. And that's uh, all in one line item. That's one line item. Core logic is going to tend to break out the tape from the gypsum board from the screws. It's not exactly that granular, but it's a way to capture it for the spirit of this conversation. So how does one compare the pricing there? It has to be done thoughtfully. So I recommend that everybody that's trying to observe this just give it pause when you see these flippant comments online about how you capture the differences between the two. Uh, because it, it's really nuanced and it's a, you're comparing like an apple and an orange and they're both fruit and we can compare the differences, but we, you have to really take that uh, in a very thoughtful, pragmatic way to render a credible opinion about it. Okay. All right. This is a fruitful conversation. I love it. All right. So, and I'm going to hold you to comparing those estimates because that would be very interesting. <laughs> um, okay. Anything else you guys want to add before we wrap it? What do you think? Um, Michelle, like your, you know, your heart resides with the restorer as it should. Uh, are you excited about the prospects of what this acquisition means for the restorer? Um, I don't know that I'm excited or not excited. I'm excited when I get to break news to the industry. <laughs> that makes <laughs> me very excited. Um, can't take the news out of the girl, I guess. But um, I'm excited to see what happens on the competition side of things. If this does give exact where some more competition, um, what will happen with Symbility? Um, you know, I know that there has been some positive feedback toward Exactware recently in getting their prices more accurate and mm -hmm. restorers are now learning how to give that feedback to influence prices in their area. And that's been a big push in the last few years. I talked to Ben Justice in a little bit ago to get his take on this as well. And so I think it's just going to be interesting to see how it plays out, um, you know, on the next year side, I do think that Garrett really cares about the contractor. So, um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, all right, here's how I would wrap things up, things to be thinking about. One, the devil that we know is often better than the devil that we don't. At least at exact where you have the DNA of a bunch of 
contractors organized out of Orem, Utah, that really wrote software for themselves. And then ultimately it ended up being what serves this property insurance ecosystem. But that DNA is still present. Harrison and I work with these folks at Lehigh out of very risk and exact where every week. And there are so many contractors there uh, with a depth of understanding of what it takes to build and how quickly it can go wrong. That depth of expertise or that empathy doesn't reside at CoreLogic to date. They're going to have to hire that in to the extent that they do. Two, civility is not as robust as Xactimate as a tool today. And it's not going to compete, in my opinion, until Civility makes a credible investment in making that software more modern, more usable, more accessible. That will be key. That'll be organized around two things if CoreLogic's going to win the day here. One, both CoreLogic and ExactWare need to move to an online estimating platform, something that can run on Chromebooks, modern software. This notion of trying to install programs that are 250 megabytes on machines all over the place that are provisioned all different kinds of ways, all manner of instability issues are emerging on both sides. No one's immune to that. No software platform, not even Adobe is immune to that. But the future is not on installing a giant program on your computer. So the quicker some stakeholders at ExactWare or CoreLogic figure that out and execute against it will influence who wins the day. Harrison brought it up a few minutes ago. Michelle has a follow-on to that. Whatever entity gets the most out of the geospatial component, which will be used for underwriting, risk engineering, claim settlement, Matterport clearly is the set standard to date. Whoever makes the most out of Matterport or like technology, that's to augment, you know, the, the new estimating online platform, that's who's going to win straight up. And you're not going to be able to do it without having that component. So I'm going to be paying close attention to see who makes that investment and who brings that to market quicker. I think that's what's going to define uh, the success and who really dominates this industry. But as it relates to estimating software, it's a bit of a zero-sum game in so much as there's not really space for two. So uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. Okay. So, all right. I'm going to ask as we wrap it up, do you have any, do you, do you think there are going to be more acquisitions that are going to be in this space? Have any predictions you want to make? Or you, make- um, I, you know, I don't need to speak to anything specifically, but it occurred to me very much at breakfast with my business partner that this is a catalyst for more that's coming. Like there's a lot of money behind core logic now. And there's a lot of responsibility they have to penetrate a new vertical. They already dominate real estate. You don't make that kind of investment in core logic unless you're trying to dominate some other verticals. And next gear was just part of the solution. It doesn't, there are other things they need to round it out. So uh, this will be the first of many from CoreLogic, in my opinion. And it might actually force Exact to do something that they haven't had to do in a long time, which is to start acquiring or rolling things in and partnering in a, a, a more rapid pace. They've moved towards uh, that over the last three years, right? We've all observed that. That's, that's good. But uh, this turns up the heat for them. <laughs>